Hey, Foreplay listeners, you can find us every Tuesday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. It is June 30th when this podcast comes out. June 29th, it's late at night. Frankie and myself, we're in Minnesota. We're in Minneapolis. People are super nice out here, I have to say, um, which is not surprising, right? It's like I think everybody kind of knows Minnesota nice. Uh, Barstool Classic at Hazeltine today. Went extremely well. Um, we've had two now in the last – well, we've had three in the last week. Uh, we had Pinehurst, number six, and then we had Cog Hill, where we did two courses at the same time. And then today we did Hazeltine, which had the 2016 Ryder Cup, 2009 PGA Championship, several other major championships and huge tournaments. Um, the Women's PGA Championship was here very recently. So uh, a lot of pedigree to this course. It is sweet. Um, the 16th hole down there is the one with the little peninsula green that is um you know we were out there kind of tonight right as the sun was setting over the lake i think it is lake hazeltine and it was just gorgeous the um clubhouse they've got all the trophies there's laugh out loud funniest i think frankie tweeted like walking in and turning to the right and there's like the u.s open trophy the pga championship trophy the Ryder cup trophy and like the barstool classic trophy it looks like a weber grill just sitting right next to each other um at the hazeltine clubhouse but Overall today, it was fantastic. It was an excellent experience. We had about a four or five hour weather delay. And I think that actually made it better for people because we just opened the bar and Hazeltine brought out a ton of food and they set up like a chipping mat so people could hit to the, I think the ninth green, they were just hitting chips to the ninth green. Everybody had a great time and basically didn't want that part of the day to end. Um, So it was great. It rolled right along. Frankie was out there chipping yet again, doing his thing, made a long putt, had a ridiculous reaction to making a long putt, Frankie. (laughs) I mean, I've never seen him move like that. I'm not sure why. the last reaction, no? The big stomp? Yeah, I'm not sure why the stomp is coming out when I hit these putts. Um, And to anyone that's watching these videos, I'm wearing spikeless shoes out there. Um, (laughs) So you can talk to me about, like, ruining people's lines, like, you can shove that up your arse, as the English say. Um, Those joints yeah, were I'm, loose. Those I'm joints were loose. I'm hitting bombs, and I'm swaying my hips, and I'm loose. You know, I'm just having a good time out there. I'm not trying to – you know, I'm just trying to be like a free swinging, you know. Uh, I'm not trying to be too tense up there. Why, why should I hit an 80-foot absolute bomb for the Truly Putting Contest and just walk around like I've, I've been there before? Someone's like, act like you've been there before. Sorry, pal. I don't go from city to city most of the time and hit 80-foot bombs on sliders on, during contests. So it's like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm feeling myself a little bit right now. But yeah, Hazel team was awesome. Was that your first whack again? Yeah, absolutely. I'm one for I'm two for two. That's amazing. Yeah. Good for you. Thanks. I don't, I don't um, know what I'm crazy how that works. I don't really know what I'm supposed to say, but the big thing yeah, here a, is that you know Hazel team. Great. Yeah, it's a great putt. Hazeltine um, reminds me a lot like Beth Page Black, where it has like all that tournament history and it's like got that large golf course vibe to it where um a lot of the holes just feel really big so it's completely different than your average fun track like where you're like playing kind of target golf and you can hit hybrids off tees and there's you know that you can maybe hit irons off tees and and, and getting into the greens are kind of simple um hazeltine is a lot of big swings it felt like and i didn't play i dropped the ball around a, a couple times um just to like, you know, hit some good shots. And I didn't hit any good shots. I didn't hit the ball pure once today. I hit about, I hit about four, took about four or five swings today. All of them just felt like, like they made the noise of a duck. They were just like quacking. Um, never once sounded good. Everyone that watched my swings today, like had a reaction like, Ugh. it was just gross. Made people, people feel bad. 
Um, almost wanted to give them a refund for like their experience watching me take take some swings. Dude, I saw um, you try to hit another flop shot, and you you just rammed it into the truly cart. Right. Really I bad. thought that was going to put a hole in the truly container. <laughs> Dude, I couldn't tell you how confident I was because I had taken one right before that a little bit further, and I cleared it like no problem. So I'm like, let me. I was like, all right, Jake, like get the camera on. Let's move this thing like to a club's length. And it Dude, just that's didn't work. I, so when I was looking at it, I was like. Does he think he's so cocky that he can get it over the cooler and under the tent? Because you were so close to it that I was like, it's physically impossible to get it over the tent. So, like, what is his game plan? And so I was so captivated. And then when you took the club back. Yeah. It was like, dude, wait until Phil Phil Mickelson sees that one. You're going to. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it was because, like, you're so trained now to, like, all the people that, you know, post on trick shot or, (laughs) like, that, like, you're so trained to believe that they do it. And then so I was like, oh, Frankie did this? And then you just weren't even fucking close. So it was great. No, there was a whole thing. It was, like, a 40-second spiel before that where I'm like, I'm going to do this. I just cut all that out, and I'm just like, I just want people to see that I didn't do it. So it's just a quick seven-second clip, and it's a jarring noise. Um, So sorry to truly for however much money they spent on that thing. There's for sure a dent in it. Um, but Hazel Tee was awesome, man. It's one of those golf courses that just rolls off the tongue with um, with just class, right? You say Hazel Tee, and you're like, whoa, you went to Hazel Tee? So it was really cool to be able to see that golf course. Crazy wind in the beginning of the day, lightning oh, everywhere. Um, at one point, someone's – you know, we had a five-hour delay, and then we had everyone on the range, and everyone was going out to the holes, and I saw lightning just, like, in the distance. I'm, like – I'm pointing. I'm, like, hello, like, lightning. And the guy turned to me, and he just goes, Son, you're in the Midwest now. He goes, that's, he goes, that's 42 miles away. I was like, what do you mean 42? What are you talking about, 42 miles away? That's the Midwest, uh, dude. They know, they know their storms. They know how far. Oh, you guys just, like, see lightning, and you just know it's in the distance because everything's so flat here. You can just see for miles and miles and that's miles. Right. That's right. Yeah, you just close one eye and you eyeball it. There's yeah, been great 42 miles. Great weather in Jersey. <laughs> Uh, the, yeah, Hazeltine's a big ballpark. It's a, it was, it, it is, you could tell you, there are some of the tee boxes, you know, where the, where the pros play are just way back there. And then you have to bomb a drive. And then you even have, you know, it's one of those where like 30 or 40 yards, like right of the right bunker is just endless terrain way before you even get to what you would consider something even close to another hole. So there's just like territory everywhere, territory all over the place on this golf course um the head pro here chandler who was really really cool was a, a big storyteller and telling stories about tiger and davis love the third and when they were um you know kind of running the u.s team and the Ryder cup in 2016 and how involved they were and kind of the process for how they wanted to set the golf course up he was talking about tiger like around that time had pretty much nothing to do because he's injured and so he said tiger was like contacting him emailing him all the time about like course conditions course setup where the pins were and so he was like telling all these stories about the Ryder Cup they're having the Ryder Cup that's coming back I think it's like 2028 that it's going back to Hazeltine so clearly PGA of America Ryder Cup Hazeltine have this phenomenal relationship and the place is just um it was it was pristine. It was firm, despite the fact that they had so much rain. Um, people's balls, when they're hitting them in the greens, when they're bouncing in fairways, I mean, they got like two and a half inches of rain, and the course was still in phenomenal condition. So 
Um, Hazel team was great. Their staff, again, could have easily just been like, well, there's, there's lightning, so you guys are fucked until 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And instead, they were just thinking on the balls of their feet, and they were coming up with ideas, and they were entertaining people, and they were bringing out food, and they didn't have to bring out food. They opened the bar and were, like, serving people nonstop. So they just did a, uh, an amazing job kind of making sure everybody at the Barstool Classic had a good time. And we had two aces. I mean, we haven't had a single ace. We had two aces. We haven't had a single ace yet, not even close to a single ace. We get one on, like, the third group through this morning and then, like, the third to last group through. Um, We got two different aces today. So, I I don't know where the hell that came from. What was the second one on? 13 again? No, the eighth hole, which was closest to the pin. Some guy hit it to two feet, nine inches, was leading all day. He came in after. He goes, hey, did my ball hold up? I go, no, the guy hit it. Hit it closer. He's like, how close? It's like zero feet, zero in, inches. In the hole. <laughs> it went into the hole. <laughs> that eighth out. hole is not is no joke. Because no. I hit, I went up there and did a little like buffet of bits. I'm like, it's the dude wipes closest to the pin. These four guys that just went before me aren't even athletes. They all missed the green. Two of them in the drink and two of them in the sand. And I did like the whole thing. I went <laughs> up there. My I was like, my shoulders were feeling loose. My leg was waggling. You and really get a... to be you really get to be your father's son at these events. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every other well, so you're editing pizza reviews, you're behind the camera, you're doing a podcast. When you go to these things, you turn into Frank Borelli Senior. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and also before I get to the whole, I just keep repeating the same joke to people. If I find something that latches on, maybe I get like a courtesy laugh from one group. I'll repeat that from day to day, like from group to group to group. So this one line I said today, maybe 11 times. And like MB was with me, uh, one of like, she's, she's in our sales department, one of the heads of our sales department. She was laughing at how many times I kept repeating myself. Um, one, like these guys have gone pants today, huh, Frankie? And I said, you got to pay to see these legs. Said, <laughs> at, one point, at one point, I'm just like, I, I got to find a new one. Cause now we're three groups in that. Those guys didn't really laugh. Um, <laughs> But on the eighth well, hole, man, that that's no joke because you got some water in the front. It goes all the way to the right. It's like a little pond, and that the wind kind of catches it off that little pond in front. Like it, it's no like it plays maybe one sixty five or whatever it's playing. But like you got to play that thing like one seventy five, and it gets hung up there. That's a good golf shot. That's a really good golf shot because I did my whole little buffet of bits and I pulled mine onto the two tee box. I I cleared the water. I hit it so right. Yeah, I heard that roar, that kind of um, that gas from the crowd when you did that. People were like, whoa, what the hell was yeah, that? Where'd that ball come from? I it really but, right. That, that was bad. But that was a back pin, so it was. If people hit it like a yard too far, it hangs up and you have a really brutal chip. Or if you hit it perfectly, you can kind of spin it off that hill a little bit. And I guess that's what the guy did, and it spun a little bit right, went in the jar for an ace. Um, my big one, Frankie, I do the same thing, and it's like the same. I think like Ebug and Jake have heard it a million times, but – Every time, because I drive around with my with my golf clubs in my cart, and it's just in case we do our little buffet of bits, or we play a hole, or we try to do closest to the pin. So everyone always goes, "Oh, Kamish, like Riggs, are you playing today?" And I always go, "Does Roger Goodell play in the Super Bowl?" And it gets nice. people just laugh every single time. Nice, hell That's yeah. good. But I do, I feel bad for Jake and Ebug because they're like this fucking joke every goddamn time. That's here good. it well, comes. Here it comes. Like, the guy yeah. teased him up. Here yeah. it comes. It's like Disney World. Time. You gotta. It's like Disney World. You gotta act like it's every everyone's first time. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I, I gotta admit, I don't think that's Disneyland's tag, Disney World's tagline. But I think I've watched a documentary never, in which that is the way that they uh, go about their business. Yeah, I could see that. They that's like their little banner before they go out, right? It's like play like a yeah. champion today. There's like pretend like it's everybody's first time today. Here's a recommendation on Disney Plus. I may have given this out. Imagineers documentary. Um, 
fantastic Disney documentary on all the behind the scenes, how they make the Pixar movies, how they do the rides, how they build the rides, how they build the parks. Fucking awesome stuff. Go and watch that. What's it called? Imagineers. So it's like engineers, okay. but they're Imagineers. Gotcha. That's what they call wow. the Disney, you know? It's a little they engineered thing, like imagination kind of. Yes. Yeah. Real good. Um, really good. So uh, speaking of engineering something, we created the uh, transfusion. We have the Barstool Transfusion by Owens Mixers. We've talked a lot about Owens Mixers for months and months now. They're huge supporters of us. We pretty much had this from several months ago. We, we sat down. We're like, hey, we've been touting. We love the transfusion on this show. People tweet, at it, uh, tweet it at us all the time about the drink. How do you make it? What are the ingredients? How do you get it right? Is this coloring correct? rate the transfusion of this course. So we started talking to Owens, my guy, Josh over there said, look, you guys do mixers better than anyone else in the world. Owensmixers.com barstool 15 gets you 15% off. How could we possibly do something with the transfusion? So we went through some tasting. You guys have tasted it. I had tasted it. What coloration should it be? Should it be a lot of grape, a little bit of grape? Should there be some lime action to it? What exactly should this transfusion be? We finally got it right. We launched it. You can get it online. You go to store.barstoolsports.com. You go to Owens Mixer's website, and you can pre-sale, pre-order right now the transfusion mixer. It's the Barstool Transfusion by Owens. I believe July 8th it's going to be available in retail. I'm talking Walmarts, all kinds of different stores across the country you're going to be able to get the barstool transfusion by owens so go check it out go to store.barstoolsports.com get yourself some transfusion mix we're going to be drinking it all week this week this fourth of july everybody's excited it's a little bit of a holiday we're trying to be out and about while being you know smart responsible about it depending on where you are in this country but even if you're still inside even if you're still quarantining get yourself a little owens get yourself the barstool transfusion you're going to love it um Last thing on the Barstool Classic, we had a controversy, finally, a big controversy uh, after Friday's event where uh, I had to disqualify somebody who was the winner of the event. I put out a video that kind of explained it as best as I could, but what really happened was we had these guys win at 10 under par. I'm going to give it to you real quick because people love controversy. We had these guys win on the Ravines course at Cog Hill. They post 10 under par. It's net, 50% handicap team two 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 man best ball that's the team that's the format they post 10 under uh, under par they win they're going to pioneers well another team reaches out and says hey you know um we know that name and we actually just kind of cross-referenced the name because the handicap didn't make sense so we just wanted to put this on your radar you know in case you guys know more about it than we do or maybe this isn't the right person but like we know that that person doesn't play as that handicap typically so we just wanted to throw it at you well Lisa, Trisha work on our team who deal with handicaps all the time, who are saints and dealing with handicaps sucks. You got to deal with people that want the Grint or they want their local, you know, Massachusetts or Illinois or whatever handicapped account. You got to figure out how to go into that website, that system and cross-reference it and confirm it and check it. When did they start posting scores? The pain in the ass. They work their asses off to get it right. Um, they said, you know, not on our watch. We put too much time into this go in end up finding that there's two people with the same name who seem to be the same person with two different handicaps one is a plus 1.5 so clearly a stick and the other one is like a six or a seven and the one that played in the barstool classic was like a six or a seven and had created this handicap on june 17th i think it was for a june 25th event and had gone in and posted retroactively 30 scores or so um to create that handicap Mm. so we said you know 
No. Like, this person also played, like, college golf to some degree. So we said, look, if this is really the same person, that's clearly not allowed. You can't have two handicaps. You can't choose when to use a lower handicap and when to use a higher handicap. That ain't the deal, brother. So emailed the guy and said, you got one hour to respond. Did you guys cheat your handicaps? He sent this long thing back. We didn't cheat. You can ask our playing partners. I responded, said, clearly this is the same person. You are this human being, correct? He said, well, that is me, but I actually just used that handicap, which is not as good as I am now. I just used that handicap because to get into certain qualifiers, you have to be like below a three or below a 1.2 or whatever it is to play in like U.S. Open qualifiers and stuff. And I like to get my competitive fix still, but I'm not that. And I said, well, that's all I needed to hear. If you're really the same person, you're out. Now, I don't know that you're necessarily some cheater. I don't know that you're trying to screw everyone in the entire field, but you can't have two fucking handicaps. You get one handicap, that's the deal, disqualified, gone. I don't think anybody has any issue with the decision, but we did have a controversy. And as the commissioner, I mean, you're looking for controversy all the time. So when I got these emails from Lisa, and Lisa, I was like, let's go. This is great news. And we had a big DQ. But, again, I think it was kind of a no-brainer. I don't know if anybody has any other thoughts on the whole thing. Fan for life? I don't know yet. That's a great question, Trent. That That's is a great, great question. I don't think you're banned for life. I don't think you're banned for life. I think he learned Thank his you. lesson, right? Like, I think he, got, he, he played a good round of golf. You don't know this guy. Why are you acting well, like I'm you saying, know this guy? My point being is that he already got reprimanded, you know? Like, not really, though. I mean, like, we got to really. He's kicked out of the Barcelona Classic. He's on his way to Pinehurst. You need to make sure that people yeah. don't do this in the future. If he gets to – if he is a, a – won't do this in the future yeah. now. What? My point is that it's like you kicked him out, and now you're burying him even more. He already – you already got one lashing. You give him, like, the only you, reason you, we like, caught him, I mean, he like he like DM'd or one of his friends DM'd Instagrammed all of us. Um, or at least that's how like I saw it. And then I saw Riggs's like video to the whole thing. Um, I mean, I think I'm I'm with Trent. Like we, you know, I think the I think the pain goes a little bit deeper than just this. And sure, maybe I'm just obsessed with like banning someone from something, and that's part yeah, of the allure. Say it, or like a three year saying- ban. You're also saying, Frankie, that he already got his punishment. This could have easily been the first punishment right out of the gate. Bam! That's what I would do. You know, look, I considered it. I thought about it in the shower this morning, actually, for quite a while, Trente. I was like, you know, do I bring the hammer down? I thought about it Friday night when I was really getting ready to put out the video and kind of let everyone know what was going on. And I didn't get the vibe that this was some bad person. I think he was very conscious, too, of like, you know, I'm going to, I'm getting kind of roasted and trashed for this and like my reputation, which he's self-deserving. No, no doubt about that to some degree, but to ban him from the Barstool classic forever. He said, I love the classic. We had so much fun. We met a lot of great people. So to like ban him forever, maybe I'm like a soft commissioner, but I did disqualify. I mean, he's disqualified. He, everything that he was playing for is just ripped out of his height. He can't, he can't, do it he just played you know paid his money and he's just out you're out of the tournament uh, banned forever i don't i don't know i don't know if i'm a band you know like <laughs> casinos band guys when they're like real drunk assholes or something i don't know that i like ban a guy from my golf to, i don't know i i listen i um i'm not saying he's a bad guy i'm not saying i don't know who this person is he definitely tried to skirt the rules uh with two handicaps what i'm most concerned about is people doing this in the future that's what you have to think about I mean, yeah, how many it's, people, it's, though, have two handicaps? Like, I don't know anybody in 
any of my friends that have two handicaps. Yeah, and you're to right. say that like one is like your competitive and now non-competitive, and that he backdated thirty scores in like three days to then have a handicap for this event is like you actually yeah. have one handicap and you just made another one up for this event. Trent, you're right. It is. It's 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 putting his head on a stake and planting it all along the road so that future enemies know you know what they could be up against. That's sure. what the move would be. And I don't know that, that I'm there yet. Now, <laughs> I've, I've thought about it, and I do, I do think that would be a big deterrent from people doing it in the future because you're right. Like the, the, real own, the only real deterrent now is like, well, I could potentially get caught, and then Commissioner Riggs will just not let me win the thing that I shouldn't have won anyways. Right. So, I'm, again, I, obviously it's, it's your call. I'm just, I think we, we're just acting as your counsel right now. Yeah, the board. Couple different opinions, yeah. a couple different options, and like Appreciate I said it. before, I think the allure of like a red stamp coming down that says "banned" like that's kind of what's my motivating factor. <laughs> I don't think this guy is a bad guy. I'm just obsessed with banning people. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll let you do it. If we ban him, I will. We'll print up his photo and like maybe his gin ID, <laughs> and you can just stamp "banned" on it, Trent. Nothing would now make I'm, me happier. <laughs> now I'm just thinking, you go to BarstoolClassic.com. And then there's just a tab that says like band players and Ooh. just Trent just stamps their face. Just like when they take your fake ID at the gas station <laughs> and they put it behind the guy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of IDs, you guys met, you met the John Deere. Oh, man. Crazy. Oh, this Dude's guy, name is John Deere. This guy comes up to do the chip and they're a guy, they keep asking last names. What's your last name? The guy goes deer, and so naturally, like fifty percent of the people in the room are like John, and he's like, "Well, yeah, like my middle name's John." And we were like, "Come on, like show us your fucking ID." Pulls his ID out, sure enough, right, right there, John Deere. It was unbelievable. But his middle name was John. He said like his his cousin's name is John Deere, first name. So he's got a bunch of just John Deers. Welcome to the Midwest. You got you got guys eyeballing thunderstorms, and you got John Deere in the chipping contest. That's what you get. <laughs> it was. There were um there were quite a few people from the Midwest, and those guys said they were like, "Hey, is Trent here?" And I was like, "No." And they're like, "He's our favorite." And I was like, "Yeah, no, John Deere. I know. Like, we know that Trent's clearly your your favorite." But but they did. They missed you out there, Trent Daddy. Yeah, I missed them. I I, I you know I, anytime I can be with my Midwestern brethren. Um, I love to do it, but yeah, I didn't make the trip this time, but shout out to all those guys. Shout out to John Deere specifically. Hazeltine had a pizza golf cart that they were cooking up pizzas on, and they also had crab cakes on the golf course. So shout out to Hazeltine for some of the best on-course amenities I've ever seen in my entire life. It was a, a stunning machine that they had on the Stunning machine. The I fact mean, that they have that at their disposal is insane. They have this, like, they have a golf course, cart. Please. They have a golf cart that's used for just – like the utility golf cart. So it's not a regular golf cart. It doesn't have the top to it. Um, and they rigged the back where it's like a one chimney type, like just it fits like one or two pizzas inside, wood-fired oven. And they rigged it to this thing so that it actually goes on hydraulics and moves down into the golf cart so they can drive it. And then when like the chef wants to make the pizzas, it zooms up towards him. And it's like a whole station that like comes out. They put the pizzas on and everything. It's crazy. Cook the pizza to perfection. They had breakfast pizzas with sausage and gravy on it. And then they made regular pizzas with uh, pepperonis and regular cheese. And I found it to be really good pizza. Like Dave would call it fancy pizza because it was like kind of like that Neapolitan type um, crust. But I found it to be super good, 
it's really really good ingredients and really really tasty yeah uh, it was it was it was shocking i mean everyone had to go look at this contraption and like and ask the guy okay so like tell me what i'm looking at right here is real like this is a whole this is it was really cool telling it sounds like, me, sounds like a will like a willy wonka card it was <laughs> it was a, and then it just it just moved like it, someone said i just, was someone said i was willy wonka walking after my putt you know how willy wonka like rolls out of yeah, he like Wonka factory. He, he, he pretends to fall <laughs> yeah. over and rolls. <laughs> I've never seen I've never seen any of those moves from you at all. <laughs> Do you have you done those alone before? No, nah, man, that's that the skip thing. I've never, I've never even thought <laughs> the skip thing. I've never thought about. It was like a Mick Jagger, like oh 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 yeah yeah yeah. It's, it's really something I can't. You really, you know what you're doing though. You're setting the bar too high for yourself. Like the next time you're at a classic well, and you make one of those putts, I, I don't know what you're gonna. You have do. to be on a tricycle or something. Yeah. I don't know what you're gonna do. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Yeah, um, I don't know. All right, headlines. Um, DJ, DJ, back in the winner's circle. Twenty-first PGA Tour win, Travelers Championship up in Connecticut. Um, made it pretty interesting. I mean, it was looking like kind of um, – it was going into the final round. Like, oh, DJ's coming off a great Saturday. Brennan Todd, like, he's he's good and he's won a few times. But, like, going up against DJ, what's going to – then DJ made that point very clear early on. It's like, oh, he's going to win this tournament. Um, and then he hits one OB. And then he hits one what should have gone in the water but doesn't go in the water. And then steps up and AT rips one and ends up winning the golf race. So drama is clearly what you want. Um, which is great, and he and he delivered, but it was interesting in that it was like, oh, it's going to be clinical, the guy that's supposed to win and the big star power, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer, is going to win, and then it went to like, oh, my God, he's going to kind of blow it. So it's been a little bit of a weird start in general, and this kind of delivered more weirdness, yet the guy that you thought was probably going to win won. So I don't know. It was it was inter- it was interesting, and, and DJ won, and he's got 21 fucking wins, which is a lot of wins. Not only did he go OB and then almost hit it in the water – but that was after Brendan Todd made a seven yep. and like completely melted down, which I don't know if that clip is like haunting, but also incredibly relatable because he just, it, it was, it's just couldn't get the ball in the hole. Just, just couldn't, couldn't do it. That's exactly right. Like, he just couldn't get that ball in the hole or couldn't even get it close to the hole. Like that, that, The blade was, was so like relatable, but then the most relatable one was when he, Put, he, he screwed the fucking wedge and put up the hill. It stopped. And then the next one was the overcorrection, just absolute missile where he juiced <laughs> it by the hole. And everyone's been there. Now, fortunately for him, he was able to make that comebacker. But for me and everyone else in this room, it's a mess. that's an eight or a nine because no chance are we making that comebacker. Nope. And to be honest, it's rimming out and maybe going back to where the chip was. So I was yeah. watching, and then so I put money on Todd pre-round because oh. he was he was two strokes with in the lead, and he was plus one seventy-five. So I was like, that's pretty good value, and he's two strokes in front of DJ. So I was like, he he's gonna have a real chance at this thing. So I'm watching it, and then as soon as he makes that seven, I was like, I'm gonna go jump in the ocean. I'll be back in fifteen. This thing's up. <laughs> he too, like that whole clip. It was rare because like PJ Tour guys. He didn't, for, like, five consecutive shots, he didn't hit the shot he was trying to hit. And, like, 
on the yeah. tour, if they miss a drive, then they hit like their recovery shot perfect. Or like right. if they if they lay up, like, they then like they hit their wedge perfectly or they hit their bunker shot perfectly even if it rolls out eight feet that's like the uphill putt that they wanted like he just for five consecutive attempts just like couldn't do what he was no. trying to do like like dj when he almost hit that ball in the water he duffed the next chip when his feet in the water and then his next one he stuffs it to three feet and makes yep. the putt and he makes a par and he leaves it like he literally couldn't he couldn't hit any of the shots he needed to and i just saw like dj had already whatever, I don't know where the score was at that point, but he had already, like, tied it up or was, you know, t- taking it away. He was, I the I money he, was was by, he was up by two. He was already okay. Yeah, and 21 just, wins for Dustin Johnson. Yeah. It is maybe 13 years in a row. Oh, we lost him. Did Frankie freeze? Or did I just freeze here? Oh, there, you're, you're back. back. No, you froze for a second, but you're back. 21 wins on tour may be the most underrated – or, or surprising number on tour because I think you ask a wide variety of all just like casual fans of the PGA Tour and you just ask them how many wins does Dustin Johnson have on tour? I think that the answer would vary from eight to like 15. I don't think yeah. anyone would shoot out 21. Like if you asked me just right off the top of my head, I'd be like mm, four, 15. 21 is a huge number. That's a huge, where does he rank amongst like active players? Guess guess what his career earnings are on tour. I know what it is, so I saw it, so I won't guess. You're taking oh, yourself out. God, yeah, this, I good... didn't want to be put in this position because if you asked me whether Lindsay yet, I would have said 15. Um, holy shit. What is his career earnings? All right, so if Kiz is at like 20 million, 21 million. I'm going to say – gotta... oh, don't, don't say a number because I could be way off. <laughs> Should we say it on the count of three? Trent, you've already seen it, so on the count of three, we both give one. Okay, ready? Yep. You count it off. On three? No, yeah. after three. One, after two, three. three. After three. One, two, three, then number. Don't 82 million. No, no. I was, all right. I was going to say 111. <laughs> wow. Really? 63 million. Okay. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's you one said, of those so, – dude, I hate, I hate that situation. 20 career wins, so then I was thinking almost 40 <laughs> just on wins. Yeah, I guess, like, when you know 21, you can get there. You know, you can get to a pretty that high number. That situation but Riggs was just, just in is it makes you feel like such less of a person when you're like, you guys won't believe what this number is. And, you're and, they're, all like, way and then they're like, oh, 197? They're like, ah, no, it was actually 80. But, dude. but, you know, you guys went way over. I guess I must have ruined it and hyped it up too much. No, it's crazy if you really know. Dude, so I started happened, at 80, and then I just was like, no, way more. It's got to be like 100 plus, and then I got to – That happened to me at the – like when somebody – when you're getting drinks one time, somebody came over like, yo, I just bought this round of drinks. You won't – like guess how much these cost. And I'm like, $80. And they're like, well, no, it was like, it was like 33 well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Uh, um, yeah, that's exactly what just happened. That's crazy, like, man. And, and, and DJ's a stone-cold killer when he's in those situations. Like I know he has his ups and downs, and it looks like – you know, he sometimes it comes down to the wire, but he, for as non-focused as you would think his brain is, he ends up being so dialed in in certain moments. It's crazy. Like you think of him as this, like, like he has nothing going on in his brain. You you picture nothingness, just a tumbleweed going in between ear <laughs> ear to ear. But somehow he's got that killer instinct of like that winning professional athlete. Twenty-one wins on tour. Dude. Fucking Dustin Johnson drilling drives towards the end of this round to secure the there's, victory. It's awesome. There's no one in the history of sports that media calls dumb in a longer-winded way Dude. than Dustin Johnson. 
the crazy. way his the spin zone the spin zone that has gone through his demeanor has gone through since the beginning of his career to now is 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 exactly what you're saying Riggs incredible they had they ran a clip the other day where they said he is and it was a positive they said he is the only guy on tour who can literally forget what just happened like if it's a bad <laughs> thing like if a bad thing just happened to him on the course they're like he can literally forget what just happened and they're like that's amazing it's like okay yes now that he's won 21 times we can spin it that way but before you were like he's unfocused he's lazy he doesn't care now since his demeanor hasn't changed it's like he just has a short he has short-term memory and you just keep moving forward yeah they'll do a segment with like his college you know his college will be like you know he he was one of those guys who he just you could tell he didn't really take a liking to to the academic part of it at all but he he was really into the into the athletics, and they just keep hammering that point home. You're like, no, yeah, he, you're saying he's a fucking idiot. That's like what you're, yeah. you're saying right now. And they do it on the coverage. They do it all the time. We're like, you know, it is. He does have kind of this ability um, to not overthink things. And you're like, no, you're saying he's fucking dumb. That's like what you people are saying. We know what you're saying. Right. They do it all the time, and it does work. Like if that's what it were, he's just. He's borderline asleep out there all the time. He's just like like a, a couple seconds of silence, which is – there's no crowd out there, so I'm surprised it doesn't happen, for him just to be sleeping on the fairway. But it I would love if it came form out. Of, that's that, his form of being locked in, though. Yes. Yeah, I know. I would love yeah. if it came out as, like, he's like a methodic brain surgeon but just shows no emotion, and then all these people are, like, backpedaling because he's got something. You know, whatever it is, it's like he's the guy out there hitting the golf ball and you're the idiot in the booth being like, well, this is how he does it. And yeah, like, well, and I'm, you don't know. I'm not even convinced that DJ's like a moron. No, like he might just be that, but it is so obvious that that's what people want to say, and they just yes. like they just don't say it. So no. it makes me laugh every fucking time. It it um, is true. It does. It's not a short like he's dumb. It's this like three sentence uh, ordeal of why he's doing what he's doing. Every time with that guy. So, um, but DJ, I mean, 21st win. He's got obviously the U.S. Open at Oakmont. So he's building a Hall of Fame type career. Um, so good on DJ. He's fun to watch. He pounds the driver. He's got that unique swing, uh, the boat wrists and, and how different it, it is. So he's fun to watch. But um, all right, we got more to get into. First, what is the number one sign of a bad home security system? It's a home security system that is so complicated, you would never, ever use it. This is the exact type of security system simply safe has spent a decade fighting against is what my parents use they've used it for years really since we started doing this podcast i feel like they've been safe they said they've never had an issue with it it was never a problem to get it installed um they've never had any any issues upkeeping it or nothing like that it's incredibly simple simply safe believes that simple is much safer and that's exactly why simply safe is the home security for right now and feeling safe at home has never been more important, and we all know why. Simply Safe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your home, your entire home, 24-7. You just order online with a click of a button, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in. Your home is protected around the clock. No technician, salesperson, none of that stuff. You just head to simplysafe.com slash foreplay. You're going to get free shipping. You're also going to get a 60-day money-back guarantee. That is simplysafe.com slash foreplay, free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee, simplysafe.com slash foreplay. They're going to make sure that um, that they know our show sent you. That's simplysafe.com slash foreplay. Uh, Harris English, 
test positive for COVID-19. WD's from the Rocket Mortgage this week. Um, he was not at the Travelers Championship. He becomes, I believe, what, the sixth player? It's Nick Watney, Cameron Champ, Denny McCarthy, Dylan Fratelli, um, and now Nick Watney. So I guess that's five players who have tested positive on the PGA Tour since June 11th. Are we concerned? What do we think? You got to be concerned. I mean, you have to be concerned. If you're crazy not to be. It's, uh, if you're a player, I think I did see something, though, that the one thing that holds true throughout all of them is that all of those guys have missed the cut, which is kind of interesting. So all players that have made the cut have been kind of like remained healthier or whatever their approach and maybe take less risk on, um, which is kind of interesting. But, I mean, there's only so many, like, you know, straws that can keep this whole thing together. And if you start pulling them apart, it's going to fade, and that, that would just be a nightmare. So I'm definitely concerned. If I'm, yeah. a, if I'm a player – Am I concerned about getting it? Yeah, because it, it is happening more and more. Am I, as a fan, am I concerned that they're going to cancel the tour and shut it down? I think a week ago I was on this very podcast singing a very different tune that I'm going to sing right now, and it was one of Doomsday, and, like, they're going to shut this fucking thing down, and we're all screwed, and we're not going to have golf. But after listening to Jay Monahan talk about it and just sort of the, the tweaking of the protocols, I feel better about it, and it still is a very low percentage of – people that are getting it inside the PJ tour bubble. So I'm not as concerned that they're going to shut the whole thing down as I was a week ago, but as the more people get it and Harris English, like you said, Dylan Fratelli, these are the latest ones, but, but the thing is, is it's never not going to happen. Like they're never, it's never going to be perfect. So people are going to be testing positive and that can't, we can't like ring a red alarm every time that happens. And like, what other group can you think of where they are testing 100% of the people multiple times a week? So like, you know, like that, that is one thing that a lot of people tout, which is that, well, when testing goes way up, the positive cases go up. So like, if they're testing every single person, which is hundreds of people, you've got hundreds of players, hundreds of caddies, hundreds of like small groups. So several hundred people. Um, are being tested multiple times a week and you get like one positive case you're right Trent that like if I'm a player I'm like well it's more likely I'm, I'm gonna get I'm not just quarantine anytime you're not just quarantining in your home you're more likely to get it and they're clearly not doing that they're traveling and all of that but I guess I didn't when I saw the one I was like okay it's fine like I, I it's fine it's not like a huge change to me that there's one additional COVID case and that he wasn't even at the tournament last week so I agree with you. I don't think it really has any impact on the future of them continuing to play, in my opinion. Yeah, you think scary. if it gets to 12, though, there's no – like, you're, you think it continues on? I if would love to know the number that they have in their head because the PJ Tour definitely has a number in their head. They won't tell anybody, I'm sure. But, like, I would love to know what that number is. I don't know if it's 12. I don't know if it's 20. I don't know if it's 25. But there, there's got to be a threshold where they're like, all right, we got to rethink this whole thing. And I think it's important of like week by week. If it's like uh, 12 people test positive this week for COVID, then I think it's like, oh, shit. But if it's like, hey, three people tested positive this week, which brings the total number to 12, I still don't think they panic. Uh, so they're moving in packs, right? They're all taking the same plane. They're all going to the same locations. They're all playing the same golf course. But, like, are their families quarantined from them? Are there – is, does, does like, 
does Paulina Gretzky go and get groceries or like does the, is the mother-in-law there and like coming in and staying at the hotel? Like at what level are these guys like quarantined for six months during this tour? Trent, this tour? is Paulina getting the, the groceries? I, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I looked right at Trent when I said that because I know. usually have Paulina all over. But like <laughs> it is like it is a guy's brother-in-law coming over to stay. Like, you know what I mean? At what level yeah. are these people having like real lives? Because like it's always going to happen then. This, they're never going to be able to stop this because – you can be in with someone and you can, you can go get tested and you can be negative before the tournament and then you get in contact with someone you don't even realize for the next two weeks. But within those two weeks, as you're playing on the tour and you're going to the fucking uh, practice range and you're dapping people up, you're infecting other people, it's just never going to end. So I just don't know what they were expecting by coming back. Like, obviously this was going to happen. So it actually pisses me off how big of a story it is every single time someone gets it. It's like, hey, guys, the whole world's getting it. We literally shut the country down. We shut the world down for four months. You're fucking it's – it's a headline when this guy when this guy gets COVID. I mean, what, have you been looking around? He's going to get it. The odds are he was going to get it anyway. It's yeah, just making me angry. And it's like Zimmerman. Zimmerman in baseball just said he's not going to come back. He's like, I have three kids. I have a wife. And my mother is extremely, um, you know, uh, risk. She, she has a high risk of getting it, and she could die if she gets it. I'm not going back to play baseball. So it's like I, I think this is going to happen across all different sports. I really well, do. Let me ask you this. Are, then what side of it are you on? Are you on we should be doing this because it was going to happen anyway or we shouldn't be doing this because it was going to happen anyway? I think you either go all in on the fact that, like, you know what, Trent? I don't know the answer. And yeah. I'm frustrated well, that I, I agree with you. I, I'm actually – yeah. I, I want to be able to watch golf, but I also don't want to have to sit here and talk every single time now someone has the COVID, has COVID because it's going to happen every single week and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. So if it's that much of like a storyline, just cancel the tour, Doug. Just kick them all off. Just end it. Let's come back well, next yeah, year. I don't want to deal with this all, all year. I'm fine with Zimmerman saying that and not being like, right. I'm out. I mean, he's also like, I don't know, a 15-year vet, so he's got tons of money. Right. There's really no reason for him to play. Now, if you're like a AAA player make, trying to make it on, then I get like trying to force the needle and getting on and, and making sure that like you get your break. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's why I tried to – I asked Pat Perez a couple of weeks ago being like, what percentage of new people come in? Because I think he said like 450 people make up the tour and all its components. And I was like, what percentage of those people are new each week? Is it like – 30%, 40%, because if that's the case, then yes, it's just going to flood in here. And as soon as one person Big data guy, huge yeah, data you know? guy. Yeah, huge data guy. Trying to just try to figure out the number. They tweaked the, one of the okay. latest protocol tweaks that they had, which I think probably should have been right from the jump, is that you, you can't come on site or be on site at the wherever the tournament is without uh, taking a test and testing negative. Like I thought that should have been number one on the list of yeah, protocols. Like, Otherwise, what are we doing? Here? We're doing this. It's like, I don't know what they were doing before, but that should have been the first thing they were doing. Yes, that's know, correct. Man, it just pisses me off. It's like That'd it's be like crazy. if um, if at like airport security, they didn't give you results of the, until right. you're like mid-flight. You're like, well, right. I mean, if that guy's got a gun, it's, it's over. This, like, it doesn't matter now. So it's, yeah. it's on some level, it's just like, no, it didn't make sense. So clearly them refining that makes a lot more sense. But – um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think, I think it's always going to be a big story because people, people are fascinated to see what is going to come from it. Right. Like it's not a big story because everyone's saying, Oh my God, this is a disaster. It's a big story because everyone's saying like, Oh wow. What is the tour going to do now? Like, how are they going to handle it 
now. And so I think that that's what always makes it a big story. But if they keep testing people and it's one or two or three a, a week and then it becomes a story, but we still get to watch golf and bet on golf, like, fine, I, I'm, I'm in on that. The other interesting part was Cameron Champ put out a statement that he's been tested three consecutive times since testing positive, and he's tested negative all three times. So what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, I'm not a scientist. I don't know. That's a tough one. You know? know? It means the tests are inaccurate. <laughs> I don't know. I like think that. you're right. Yeah, I think, I that's, think right. that's right. One of them, it is, Dude, I don't know which tested. one. You can get tested, and but if you came into contact with a person like the day before, it won't show up until like the like the three or four days later. So you'd have to get tested again. It could be yeah, negative but one you, day. But his was the opposite. But, yeah, his was the opposite. He tested positive and then right, tested so that's, negative. Right. That's where you're just like, well, well then we got to get better tests. Right, I think the tests are just not right. Not how, how about our head. how about our friends at Whoop? Like we're all rocking our Whoop bands now. I'm I charging mean, up right now. This thing's so good for society that they're like making everyone on the tour wear one because it can just predict COVID nineteen. Like that's so I read up in a, on it a little bit. So Whoop, Whoop band is finding inconsistencies in your respiratory rate while you're sleeping. Yep. Yes. And someone like Watney, right? Was Watney the first one that happened? Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it was Nick Watney. So his, let's say like his respiratory rate, and I'm going to go off my numbers, which are just, I mean, almost deadly. This should be good. Mine, so like, let's say mine was like a 15.1, right? Like my respiratory rate, my average. He woke up the next day and his was like a 19. It was something crazy, like 18.5, 19. Now, I didn't read that until after I checked my difference in respiratory rate. So when I woke up the next day, uh, when I got this thing charged up, I, I didn't have this in Pinehurst. Um, so I just got charged up a couple of days ago. So I've gotten my data back on track. And I woke up, I was like 15.1, 15.2. The next day, was like 15.8. And I was like, it's over. It's done. Like, this is it. That's a huge spike. Like, what happened last night? But then I read up, I'm like, all right, it's got to be a massive spike. That, yep. Like, your body's really working on overtime um, and overdrive and really, really, really trying to pump out whatever fucking virus you have in you. So um, good on Whoop for, like, I mean, dude, Whoop knows, like, if the blood vessels in your heart are, like, shrinking or expanding to the point where, like, the blood flow is coming through. Now, how the fuck does that happen? I'm wearing this thing on my wrist. It's getting caught on my wrist hair. How does it know what's going on inside my, inside my vessel? I'm dude, going through I'm... a thing with Whoop right now where I can't decide. Like, we put these things on, right? And then they became, like, the number one star on tour where I can't decide if I'm paying more attention to Whoop because I'm wearing one now. Or they've just solved coronavirus because they can detect it in Nick Watney. Like, it's crazy that as soon as we put these things on, they, they now give them to everybody on tour because they can predict if, they, if you have coronavirus or not. The next fucking day. The next day. I mean, people, we had a call, right, with the Whoop people. And they're like, hey, this is our partnership. You guys are going to love it. Here's what you need to know. The next day, they're saving the world from this global pandemic. They're, like, <laughs> alerting people to the fact that they might have this thing that everybody talks about testing. The most. But it's crazy. This little band. How does it work? People ask me that. They go, hey, you got the Whoop thing. So it gives you all this information. How does it do that? I go, you know how it does it? I strap it on my fucking wrist, and then it just does it. That's like, that's the best I you got. Know, I don't know anything else about it. How often do you guys it. look at your heart rate? Oh, I'm looking at everything right now. The other thing that's laugh out funny stat to me is the sleep actual and the sleep needed. Oh, yeah, I, I, I need to. 
right now I need 10 yeah, I need hours. 10 hours. And I'm at like, I'm getting like 6.30, 6.15. Also, when I wake up the morning, in the morning, I get so excited to just check my recovery because it too. tells you like how healthy you are. And dude, yeah. the other day I got 7% recovery. Yes, Then I got too. 44. <laughs> and then I got now yesterday, I'm on 19. And I'm, so I'm waking really up bad. at so 4 a.m. tomorrow. So I'm getting nothing. That means your body is just not ready for whatever you're about to do to it. Zero, so, zero ready. So the other day I was at, I, I walked a golf course right here. I played Wyzetta Country Club. Awesome uh, local country sick. club here. It was awesome. A um, bunch of hockey guys belong there. Our pal Kyle Rudolph is over there all the time. So it was a really fun day. But I also was coming off a 21 recovery type day on my whoop band. And then I got hit with a 17 strain. The whoop band had no idea how my body got through it. I was getting alerts. I was getting notifications. It was like, at one point, take a break. Like, take a break. Like, you need, you need a nap right now. Like, so <laughs> that, because we walked it. So, like, it didn't know what was going on. I was checking my heart rate at one point, walking up to one of the tees. It was a straight incline to the tee. I pulled up the whoop band. I was at 158. I'm like, this <laughs> thing's about to burst. I'm like, guys, I need a water and I need a wet towel around my neck because I'm going down. I'm walking with these guys. They're walking at like a nice, like you said, Lance Armstrong. These guys were probably fucking at a 26, just pumping blood all the way, all the way around their body with just one big pump. My thing was boom, 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 boom. At one point, it's just going to fizzle out. I know it. I'm going to be one of those guys that I'm going to check this thing 24-7. It's going to actually get in my head. I'm going to start hearing my heartbeat. I left my um, charger at Piners like an asshole, so I'm dead. Yeah, can someone get me a new charger? I've, I've emailed 15 people. No one's answering me a, about the whoop band. Who do I got to talk to? Cameron this is Cam? a very, Who do I got to talk to? A very funny part of our group text when, where it's like, yeah, I actually haven't been able to update my whoop in, in two weeks. I lost the charger. And then everyone else on the list like, well, I left mine at Piners. Well, I left mine there. I finally have another one, thanks to my guy Steve. Um, Steve Peace at Aaron Hills, actually, who gave me. He's like, hey, I actually have an extra charger from That's my whoop insane. band and, and gave me this. Um, and I have to shout out Aaron Hills because I went back there, did a quick stop because we were obviously Chicago and then went up to um, Minnesota, Minneapolis, where we're at now. I decided let's just rent a car and go up for the weekend and hit Aaron Hills. And it was as good as I could have possibly remembered. Hanky Panky was there. I sent you guys a picture of uh, uh, with Hanky Panky at the bar, the Tally Ho, the local spot. Mikey was on the bag for us. And it was just as delightful as I remembered. I finally got to spend a little bit of like – extended time there we just took in all the amenities and um and it was as awesome as i remember the the hospitalities off the charts the course was in perfect condition it was playing firm it was playing fast i finally shot at least a respectable score out there for the first time playing that course four times so it was just delightful i love everything about aaron hills i think it's a must 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 play if you're doing anywhere anywhere close to the wisconsin loop that kind of um, midwestern loop that people talk about where you can do whistling, you can do sand Valley, you can do Aaron, you can do Lasonia, also known as Cuxonia links. You can do a lot of different places. Ooh. Aaron Hills is such a must play. And you guys have all been there. Trent shot the career round the round of his life there, except for the last two holes. And you on the last hole. I went, I went um, seven, eight or eight, seven. Yeah. For 102. What did, I say? what did I say on 16? I was like, you're definitely going to do this. Well, you, and people give you shit for that, but you were just being a good pal, being like, you got I this. was rooting you on. I was, wearing the John um, De- I was wearing the John Deere shirt, and I fucking blew it. When um, we got in that trap, just short right of the green, I knew I was like, just anywhere but that trap. That trap tonight. Even, and I love Hanky Panky, and I, I was jealous because you got to hang out with him, and I didn't. But uh, on my approach shot on 18, when I was trying to break 100, 
Um, I thought I hit a great fucking hybrid. I thought it was going to run up right to the green. And he turned to me and said, oh, it's no problem. It's just in the bunker. And I was like, you don't even know, bro. You don't know how bad that is for me. <laughs> the end of my days. Yeah. Um, I played a fun game this weekend. Uh, was this weekend? Yeah, it was Saturday. Sunday. Yesterday. I played a fun game where it was like high, low, and then like nearies, like nearest to the pin, and then roll and re-roll. I don't know the name of this game on the golf course. But basically, you're getting points for the high numbers in the in the group. You're getting it for the low, and then you're getting points. Is it points. like cube or is it a cube? Yeah, the cube. I don't know the name of it. I think they were calling it like rolling, whatever. I was whatever. All I know is I was going with it, and it was a lot of fun because the as the aspect of being able to call out, we're gonna roll you after someone hits a bad drive, is one of the funnest things I've ever been a part of. So basically, these whoever's up roll. in points drives, whoever's up in drive in points drives first. So, like, let's say like, these guys are up maybe 14 points. You play a dollar point. And the guy hits it way right. And, like, you and your partner look at each other and we're like, we're going to roll you. Like, we're going to roll you real quick. So, now everything's times two. And then, like, you guys step up. They're feeling real confident. Like, let's go get them. And you guys duff two drives. And you hear from the back going, we're going to re-roll that one. And now it's worth four. So, like, you can re-roll the roll. And it's so much fun. And towards the end, it really gets up to, like, you're hitting 16 16 16 32 and like drives towards the end start being so so intense to the point where i got up to 18 i was playing a great round um at one point i was i was i was three over on the no i was um i was on pace to shoot like a 81 or an 80 i ended up going ob on that next 17 t of course once someone told me like hey man you're only three over on the back next shot ob into a house crazy to say that to me on the 17 t um but anyway, I step up to 18. I just had a horrible drive on 17, and I'm like, come on. We just got, we just got rolled. We, we just rolled. Someone's re-rolling us because my partner hit one, like, way right. And I'm like, Frankie, this is your chance to step up here, be a fucking athlete, and drill one. It's a great 18th hole at YZ. It goes up the hill like a nice dog leg right. And I absolutely piped one right down the middle. The guys that I'm playing against are like, holy fuck, that's a 62-point drive. Like, can he finish it? I get up there with, like, a pitching wedge in my hand hit it to 15 feet. They're like, this guy can't miss right now. And I know you think this story ends with me drilling the birdie, but it doesn't because I left it short and I tapped in for a par because I'm a fucking pussy. And I can never make those putts ever, ever. I can't make those putts to really stick it in them. I won on a tap in. It sucks, but I won. It's a great game. That is a very, very fun game. I can't guys. Reminds me a little bit of Vegas, which, like, Vegas is a game where, like, a putt can, like, double or triple kind of the point totals in that hole. But um, but it's a very good game. I can't – got to yep. figure out what the fucking name of that game is. Somebody Maybe will probably send it to us. call it our own name. The, 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 the – I don't know. Who I, sings I that song, roll, like, Rollin' Rollin'? Limp Biscuit? Biscuit? Yeah, don't mm. love that name. Biscuit? Just call it Biscuit. Biscuit. I love, mm. I love it being Done. called Biscuit. Let's play yeah. Biscuit. Let's play biscuit. Oh, baby. That's good. Rolling, 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 rolling. What? <laughs> um, NBC back for the U.S. Open. This was kind of stunning news last night. Fox is out. Joe Buck out. U.S. Open, USGA have gone back to the um, to NBC broadcasting effective immediately all of their championships through like 2026 or something like that. Um, Fox had had this contract. They had won it over their first year doing it. Um, it was reported to be around a billion dollars. I think it was like a 10-year deal, 12-year deal. So it was um, the NBC televised the U.S. Open from 1995 through 2014 before Fox won the rights with a 12-year deal that was reportedly worth about $1 billion. 
shout out to Dr. Evil, about $1 billion. And uh, that contract is just out. And <laughs> I NBC just love those scenes. Bro, when Will, Ferrell, when Will Ferrell gets dropped below. <laughs> what, Austin Powers is so up my alley in comedy. Yep. It's actually crazy. Austin Powers up and you know, some people find it very stupid that they like, can't get through it. Like a lot of people find it stupid. I'm very I badly burned. Yes. Oh, you shot me. You shot yeah. me in the arm. And they're just sitting there just waiting for him to die. Hilarious. Uh, that and Napoleon Dynamite right up my alley in, yeah. in comedy. Two things that are skewed, wildly skewed though. Um, go on. Sorry. Oh, and also, sorry, Joe Buck. See you later. Me and Joe Buck have a crazy history where he yeah. absolutely dummied me in the office. And I've never recovered since. So it's like, oh, it's nice to see him. I don't like the way out. you talk about yeah. my team. I don't think you cover my team. So big cat heard that I didn't like Joe Buck because, I mean, any Yankee fan will, will attest to this that we just think that Joe Buck doesn't like the Yankees. I mean, he's called some of the biggest games in our lives. And it's just like Jorge Posada hits a game winning hit up the middle. Like Bernie Williams goes around. He's just like, and the Yankees win. It's like he's so pissed. Um, and big cat told him this when he came in the office. And of course, Joe Buck came. Big Cat was like, hey, Joe, this is the kid that hates you, and he thinks that you're a bad announcer, and pointed right at me. And Joe's like, why Why do you hate me, Frankie? And I said, I don't know. I think you, you don't like the Yankees. And he, he immediately cut me off and goes, why don't you like my team, Joe Buck? I'm a Yankees fan. I get everything I want, and you don't like the Yankees. You, you don't like my team. He's, like, talking to me right in my face. And I'm just like – Fucking Joe Buck, man. And if you would murder Imagine if you would punch Joe Buck in the face in that moment. I Just, think when he started doing the lip quiver, I think I was able to to swing on him. Yeah. Because that's just emasculating someone in, in their in their place of work. I mean, I was around my coworkers. Uh, <laughs> I don't really back, back to what out. you were saying. I don't I don't know what's going on with this US US Open um NBC Fox thing. Like I, I kept reading articles about it today and I, no one could tell me why, like why? Yeah. Like a contract's a contract. How are they just now out of the car? I don't. And it's like, yeah, everyone agreed anything. to it. even Fox, Fox was like, take yeah. this thing. NBC was like, I want that thing. And the USGA was like, okay, well, whoever wants it. And it just, I couldn't find a reasoning for it. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Trent. It was weird. It, and, and, you know, we've seen a little bit of both ends. Some people bitch about the way Fox does it. Yeah. Um, some people despise Joe Buck and say that he shouldn't be covering golf or he doesn't sound right covering golf. Other people love it. And, and they do get credit from almost everybody, even people that hate, hated the way that Fox did it for um, essentially driving change and innovation in golf coverage. They got drones. They had Pro Trace. They were the first guys to have Pro mm-hmm. Tracer, like, everywhere. Remember when, like, Pro yep. Tracer, Top Tracer wasn't everywhere, and they just had it everywhere. It's a great and, technology. And, yep. Oh, it's so good. And at Chambers Bay, you know, they got roasted for the way that they did Chambers Bay, which was also like, you know, people were bitching about the course and the broccoli greens, and then they also had the new um, coverage of it. The new broadcast partner was Joe Buck, and it was Greg Norman. And People was, hated Greg Norman. We love Greg Norman on this show. We're yeah. huge fans. So they to them for them to come from that, right, where everybody despised them, to like the next year at Oakmont where they were so much better and so much more innovative and they were trying new things. Um, and I think that they got to a point where I actually liked the Fox cover. I thought the Fox cover is pretty damn good. I thought like Faxon is good. Bacon, who we've had on the show, is good. I think Joe Buck's fine. He doesn't have a golf voice um, because it's we've been trained so long for him to be other sports and other people to be golf. But like – it was fine. I could deal with it. I thought the other stuff was worth it. 
Um, and now all of a sudden we're going back to NBC for unknown reasons. So the whole thing was, was pretty bizarre, to be honest with you, for them to announce that yesterday. If Fox likes to get a little wild with some of their innovations, I know baseball season playoffs, they always get Twitter going with some sort of new box, a new strike, yeah. strike zone box. People don't like the boxes. People don't like when they mess around with where the scoreboard is and where the strike zone is. Some people during football, too, oh, it looks like the quarter's yellow. I keep thinking that's a flag. Fox loves to throw shit in was, there. And with was golf, Fox first on the hockey puck tracker, too? Was that them when they took over? Do you remember uh, that? Uh, was that ESPN or was it Fox? I forget, but that punk used to be like in the boards. It used to be like lit up, and you'd see it like ping pong around. May have been. I'm forgetting Fox. what. Yeah, because if so, they've been huge on this tracker forever. Dude, they had a glow around the around the puck. Yeah, remember that thing? Like my dad, my dad called in and yelled. At, he hated it. He called in and was like, "That thing <laughs> is ruining sports." Get that. Yeah, do you remember this? Did you ever see this or no? That's something a casual fan like me who doesn't really watch hockey at all would have been Fox like, oh, "That's kind of nice." Dude, dude if, so Trent, if you passed puck. it to someone, it'd be like green. If you like, kind of like passed it, but pretty hard, it'd be like yellow. If you look like a slap shot, it'd be red. So and the just, worst just part, I love it. I want to use it again. It would be on the bottom of the screen, you know, yes. and the boards cover the pucks you can't see. So they would do the glow through the board so that you could see where the puck would potentially be. But they would be uh, wrong all the time because they can't see the fucking puck no, through the boards either. We've done <laughs> so, so like that technology is wrong, but it's also like on the right track. Like, what, have you guys heard what Vegas has been doing? And I'm sure other teams, like, and this isn't a hockey podcast, but with the Vegas Golden Knights put a chip in their pucks and they were able to. They're able to get data to the point where if you're, like, up in the suites at Vegas Golden Knights game, they have iPads that you can follow the puck, and you can also follow, like, how long a guy's been on the ice. And they were actually working on, like, for gambling and stuff. You can gamble on, like, hardest shot, fastest pass, how long a guy's going to be on the ice, um, assist, all that stuff. And all the data is right there in front of you, in front of your seat. Crazy technology. But there was also one visual thing where you can, like, almost – you could see – the ice on your iPad and you would see where the puck was going. So maybe you lose it, or maybe you're like a casual fan. You can follow it on this iPad in front of your screen. So it's kind of like that Fox idea, but in 2020 version, really cool. Yeah. I just know my dad, man, you should have seen my dad. He'd be like one more week. If I turn the game on the Saturday and that fucking tray and tracers on there, I'm caught. And he did. He's like, Gene, like, how do I get the number? Like, so he, called, good. he called in and was like, oh, you got to get this thing off the screen. He fucking hated it. God. Um, That's what anyways, happens, though. Like with, like, with Fox and, and Chambers Bay, and they do this, the shot tracer, and they did a lot of things that people didn't like, but you, you pull pieces of that, and then right. people use it in the future. Like, that was – that's, like, how – XFL was the same way. Like, the XFL, the first iteration of it, was pretty shitty it was entertaining but they also had like the the cameras above and you just people are they don't get credit for it the first time to do it but people pull stuff from it and use it in the future right there's some right, good right, things right, there's right. some bad things do you what remember the, trent do you yeah frankie's a little weasel frankie you, you tired remember, what's going on with you i'm excited i need 10 and a half hours do you hear to, about like, our yeah, recovery yeah, levels we'll say we're already right. honestly we, I don't, we don't say it like we gotta wrap this fucking thing up soon because <laughs> right. i can't I legitimately can't, like, this is crazy, man. I've been all over the fucking world. This is insane. So one thing, hold on, the one thing, Trent, do you remember <laughs> the, the coin flip in the XFL where the two guys and they'd roll the football out and whoever got the football won the coin toss? Do I you don't remember, remember that? that, no. Oh, my God, that was, one, that was one of the best parts of the game. Instead of doing the coin toss, do you guys remember this? Instead of doing the coin toss, so I'm 12 years old. who's going to receive it? They would literally just have two guys stand on the end line 
and roll a football out, and the two guys would, like, tackle for it and fight for it, and whoever won the football. Just the XFL? Yes, would literally be like, all right, we're going to receive that. I can't believe like, I don't remember the stories I hear about the XFL were, like, it was, uh, I don't know, like, like Roman days. They were throwing people into, like, lion's dens and stuff. It was crazy. That was, like, the point. They were trying to think of something, <laughs> something other than NFL. Gladiators and shit. Yeah, breaking some boundaries. Not everything's uh, perfect. You gotta you gotta figure out what works. <laughs> Anyways, they're they're out. I do think that there's like a certain you know NBC is like the the rightful you know broadcast partner for the U.S. Open. I do think that people sort of believe that and have always thought that and have been probably chirping at the USGA for years to go back to them. So I'm sure it'll be great. I, I don't have a necessarily an issue with it, but I do think it's sad. Um, to see it go because I thought Fox was being innovative and we did, took good things from it and all that. Uh, Joe Buck did tweet out Nance Hicks, Tariko, all better at calling golf than me, but I would put our production up against anybody's our innovation and in drone shots and overall effort to try new things, push golf coverage forward. And for that, I am most proud. Our producer, Mark Loomis was a master tutor. So saying a lot of the things kind of that we said and, um, and that's the news on that front. We have to get to, um, from the gallery, we got a couple really good ones. Cool. Then we are going to wrap it up. As Frankie said, you might be at home. You might have been quarantined for a long time. You might be out in your backyard. It's summertime. You're trying to figure out how do I keep my lawn in good shape? It's getting beat up. Maybe it's brown. Maybe it's crunchy. Wear and tear from summer stresses, heat, drought. You got kids running all around the lawn. My brother's got two uh, young kids. They're outside. He's sending me videos. They're they're stomping over that lawn. They're throwing toys all over the place. You can get, again, that brown kind of crunchy grass. There is a way to protect it. There is a way to have it flourish. It is called Scott's Turf Builder. You feed in the summer with Scott's Turf Builder Summer Guard. You're going to get greener, stronger grass all summer long. Help avoid the crunchy lawn this summer. Feed with Scott's Turf Builder to keep enjoying the green all summer. We are big fans of Scott's. My brother actually sent me the other day a laugh out loud funny photo because he started using Scott's and he has now a comparison. It looks like someone did a before and after, but it's just the strip right where his lawn borders his neighbor's lawn. There's no fence or anything like that. It's just his grass, which has been Scott's versus his neighbor's grass, which is not Scott's. And it is like, it might as well be one's blue and one's red. Like, the green yeah. color of my brother Scott's turf builder lawn is the most beautiful. It looks like Augusta-type green. It would be like comparing Augusta National to the biggest dog track shit public course terrain and conditioning that you've ever seen. Putting With it right TPC next to deer on or something like that? <laughs> That's mean at this hour. Like, it's Sorry, I'm gonna send some Midwest 10. goons to your hotel room. That's what I'm. Let me yeah. tell you something. Let me tell you something about the Midwest. Though I'm gonna say something nice. I don't know where Scott sells its most product, but you gotta think it's somewhere like here in Minnesota, the greenest place I've ever been to. Maybe in the Minnesota. Like we've been out in Washington, because I'm from Long Island. I see houses. I see yeah, concrete. No I see sidewalks. Awful. You come out here. You drive on the highway. You take some of these like exits. And it's just like you're – it almost feels like you're in Ireland where there's these green mounds. And it's the greenest green of all time. I had to FaceTime someone, like, for a second while I was waiting at a green a red light to just show, like, I'm like, look at where I am right now. It's like I'm about <laughs> to find the yellow brick road. This is crazy how green it is. It's like you've seen a new green. It's like those commercials where they're like, oh, uh, 
like you ever um you ever see those those glasses for the people that are colorblind and then they put them on like everything's like oh shit, very emo- those are very emotional like. videos yeah very emotional right and they're, they're crying at the trees and the leaves oh my god that's what grass looks like wrong with emotional exactly videos, how, you know? i'm not making fun of colorblind people i'm just saying <laughs> that that's how i felt like oh my god this is how grass it was a it was a condescending voice. So. This is what, <laughs> oh my god, this is what grass looks like. That's what I'm feeling like. <laughs> the, the point where I think that like the whole state of Minnesota uses Scots because it's just a different green. That's my point. And 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 people out here they care about the nature more. And I know that they put their products in, you know. And I think we can learn a thing or two from places like this. I'm going to take that back with me. I already use Scots, but I'm you know I'm going to be an advocate for Scots. Let's make the world greener. Scott's turf builder. You're right, Frankie. And it is like I was throwing the drone up and the greenness of this grass around this place in, in Minnesota, so green. In, uh, Wisconsin is, is it's stunning. And you can have that. Use Scott's, get yourself some, uh, some greener, healthier lawn. You're going to love it. Greg says, if someone was creating a statue of you, what pose would you be doing and where would that statue be built? Mm. Good one. I want a, a statue of me and Frankie in Australia at that golf course <laughs> when he jumped into my arms. I want that front and center at that golf course, just Frankie jumping into my arms. That's what I would have. That's so good. That's a good one. Wow. Now, where would it be, though, Trent? At that golf course. I think oh, right in front of the clubhouse. Yeah. Peninsula Kingswood. I think that's what that joint was called, right? Such a random place in the world. What an amazing, what an amazing memory. Um, yeah. I don't know, you know, I, like my life is centered around the New York Islanders and Borelli's and Barstool. So like, I'm trying to think like, it's gotta be something where it's like in front of the Coliseum, even though, even if the Coliseum's not there anymore, cause like Belmont's coming, it's gotta be something like just me sitting in a hockey seat. Like that's in, in a hockey arena seat. Just, just a little scrawny looking female-ish boy, just sitting in a seat <laughs> with his dad, like. Maybe maybe his dad sitting next to him with like a bunch of like single dollar bills hanging out of his pocket, like a, like an Italian dad. He doesn't have a wallet. He's got a bunch of cash in his pocket. Um, that's what I would like. I think that is my statue. It's just like that's just my life. Like that's 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 the peak of it. Is just sitting in a seat watching other people play sports. <laughs> Lurch, I'm thinking about mine. That's a tough one. Really tough. Might just I think be mine's a, might just be in a really towel at Aaron Hills. I had the nicest Ooh. time when I was there. Just put me in a towel and put me, like, deep in the fescue overlooking the drumlin, which is the little nine-hole putting course or 18-hole putting course. I think that's where you put me. Just way deep so you can kind of see me through the binoculars, and I'm just standing there in a towel. Like, you, when really, like you, you want your statue to be a creep in a towel yes. in a place <laughs> staring at people play golf. Got it. Okay, cool. I almost like your location of that statue being like – because when you're at Iron Hills, they have the whole golf course like in the backside. Yeah. But then like there's this little cottage house area that feels like you're in fucking Harry yeah. Potter, like that yes. little town. Um Oh man, I can't believe I'm blanking on the town. Hogsmeade, Hogsmeade, what a fucking call! Um, and you're walking through, and you're walking through, and I think that you should be within, maybe in between two of the cottages, right? So like, when you finally make that that exit out of the clubhouse, and they're saying, "Oh, you're in cottage number three. You're walking through that little. It's a new land, and like, oh shit, look at this guy in the towel. Like, is this what I'm? Am I about to get into towel time? Like, is that what this area is about? 
right? You have the range over here, the golf course over here. This is towel time area right here. I like that. I like so, that more than, makes more sense than the golf course. if I did that though, I'd like it to be like the Mona Lisa where it always felt like I was looking at you. You know, when you see the Mona Lisa, supposedly it yeah. always feels like the eyes are on you. I'd want it to lurch as the statue moves and you enter. He's always looking at you somehow. This might well, be a big question too. here. Oh, okay, go on. Well, I, you could put it in the bathroom. Yeah, the club that's yeah. yeah. But that's, I would actually that's a like place too. Maybe maybe you could create like little shower handle soap dispenser. You squeeze me in like little lurch nope. soap. Which now here's about. my question for Riggs: Is yours is because you have two options here? Is yours on the 18th green at Pinehurst after you walked in the putt, or do we turn you into a fountain and put you at the Carolina Hotel? <laughs> And, and the tears come out of your eyes. And people maybe throw maybe people throw pennies in there on their way to the fucking Carolina Hotel, dude. If they don't turn you into a fucking fountain at the Carolina Hotel, they're not doing it right. Pash, I know you're listening to this. Turn the man into a fountain. Have the water coming out of his eyes, and let people throw those little coins in there. And that's that's a good start to your day, man. That's a good start to your day. That is so much better than the statue. You're right. That would so be much better. Because the actual putt statue is too real. Like, that's too yeah. just, like, that's not a real yeah. thing. So, yeah. I mean, I, I that's that's a maybe, very funny fucking Yeah, idea. you're right. Yeah, I was going to say maybe holding that compass thing that you got or, t- or holding yes. up your phone, taking a picture of someone, something like yeah. that. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I would – I think the fountain, I think Pasture is going to do something with that fountain idea. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be some sort of like customizable fountain, even if you can make a mini one. We need a fountain where he's crying. Um, <laughs> so good. Uh, okay. I think we're done here. I think we've had uh, plenty. I think this was a lovely show. It was great catching up with you guys, but we're all great seeing the you guys. Yeah, maybe like the single digit. Yeah. Maybe the single digit recovery rate. So I think that we need to just call this thing and get the hell out of here and have ourselves a nice evening. So um, thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. Go buy the transfusion store.barstoolsports.com. We got 4th of July gear in there as well. And um, thank you to our sponsors. Thank you for everybody listening. Barstool Classic. That was very, very, um, there you go. Sorry, very I burped, man. I don't know. I sat up. I need to go get a tums. Couldn't wait. I mean, it could have been I'm literally walking to get a tums right now. Maximum, <laughs> maximum 15 seconds. I'm out of here. Hit it hard. Hit it hard. Hit it hard.